Greetings, dear listeners. My name is Harry, and I'm here with my co-host, Elizabeth. Thanks, Elizabeth. Uh, how are you today? What, Harry? Come on, you—you you didn't even say the name of the podcast. Okay, this is my uh, first time in the in the hosting chair. Um, so I'm going to start again. Oh, yeah. Fine. Okay, the podcast is called Deadly Ever After. Oh. Listeners, hello. It's Elizabeth. Welcome back to Deadly Ever After. Harry is um, doing a doing doing the episode today, so it's a little, you know, it's a little rough. Hey, I haven't even started yet. Well, anyway, okay. Like Liz said, I am in I'm in charge. And uh, I've I didn't got a, yeah, I'm in charge and I've got a great, uh, great, an interesting case uh, for you all that, uh, you know, I've put uh, put some, some research into. And this, uh, Elizabeth, is the case of Catherine Mary Knight. Ooh. Wow, wow. I'm, I'm impressed, Harry. That's, this is a good case. Wow. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, I mean, I, I've, I've spoken about this before, but you know it is it is one of those things where you know um i guess men uh do get a the reputation of being the ones that are the you know serial killers or murderers so it is good to you know flip the script on that sometimes and um this is also a case from uh australia uh so my homeland so you know there's there's um you know something i guess not to be proud of but there's yeah something in that i reckon you're not are you related to her i uh, no, i no. are you no, sure she's, yeah yeah she, she's no like through your mom's side of the no family. no different state different forget it no um isn't everyone in australia like related kind of i'm gonna get started all right 300 kilometers north of sydney in new Northern New South Wales. I'm going to start again. 300 kilometers north of Sydney in Northern New South Wales. How many kilometers mile? Um, well, listeners can work that out. Northern New South Wales lies the verdant hills of the Upper Hunter Valley. Horses abound in this land that time forgot. And some say the best way to enjoy the place is to slip into a saddle and journey across the landscape at your own pace. In this balm for weary travellers, one can also go for a stroll through its quiet country towns, stopping for a casual wine tasting or cheese platter. Harry, what the fuck and is this? I'm setting the scene. Are you we're just are, we're are relaxed? You we're getting a, there. A vacation in the upper wherever the hell. Get on with it. And it is, and it is in one of these towns that our story for today is set. The name of this town is Aberdeen. The town of Aberdeen is currently home to less than 2,000 people. According to website aussietowns.com, Aberdeen is a town more famous for the highlights of the surrounding countryside. Harry? Uh, Harry, this is like if Mr. Rogers did true crime. Can you please hurry it up? I'm setting this... It's set. We get scene. it. It's rural. There are horses. D just bear with me for a moment, listeners. No. Listeners, bear with me. 
The town of Aberdeen lies in the heartland of the Hunter Valley Horse Stud area and is surrounded by rich pasture lands which have bred horses for all over the world. From all over the world, I think. I'm not sure if they're breeding horses Harry, from Harry, all Harry, around. I swear to God, I'm, I'm going to cut you off. The... I'm... Skip. Well, let me... I'm begging you. Let me record. Let me do it, and then later we can edit it out. If no, I don't want to listen to it. Well, I've, I've spent a lot of time researching. Yeah, you, you know, it's this shitty little town, not the actual case. I'm getting there. Just because I just because I do deep dives into my research doesn't, uh, you know. Are you serious? I do deep dives into my research. In the township, the main attraction is the historic Segan Ho Inn. It is now an upmarket bed and breakfast destination, which has been richly furnished so that it captures an era when the town was in the home, was the home to some of the richest men in the early colonies of New South Wales. Um, now, I, I will say that I, I mean, I'm going to skip a few paragraphs here, um, but this is important. Yeah, this is important though. All right, so in Aberdeen in 1928, Thomas Potter McQueen was granted 10,000 acres. <clears throat> so this is, um, Australia was a uh, colony for, for a lot, you know, before it was the country. So, you know, the, yeah, anyway, uh, and set up, and he set up the township of Aberdeen, naming it after George Hamilton Gordon, fourth Earl of Aberdeen. Did I say Harry, Aberde Aberdeen? Harry, please, when was Catherine Knight born? Skip ahead. I. Uh, this, is, this part's important. No, anyway, it's not. One thing that Aberdeen is famous for is in 1891, meat processing meat processing became the staple of the town when the Australian Meat Cutting and Freezing Company began operation. Ew. The export of frozen mutton commenced in 1892 via the port of Newcastle, and by 1894, 200 men were employed by the meatworks. Now this is a very small town, so two hundred men. There's probably we not get two hundred men. Breed horses okay. and they butcher lambs. Can can right. we please start the episode? Over the next hundred odd years, Harry, no one's gonna listen to your episode if you don't like knock this off. They're gonna fucking fast forward or just skip it altogether. I would have been done like ten minutes ago if you didn't continue to interrupt me. Yeah, right. Fine, you're right. Anyway. I Yes. Don't fucking interfere well, my apology. That's so rude. Okay. Thank you. Um, anyway, I will. I have got a few paragraphs here, so I'm, I'm going to skip through. Um, just for you, Elizabeth. You. I'm sure Thank the you. listeners probably might have wanted to listen to that, but that's okay. Well, listeners, um, if you want more on Aberdeen, just go to the Wikipedia page. I'm sure Harry ripped it word for word. Um, anyway, so a hundred years later, um, this uh, abattoir. Uh, closed what's an abattoir uh, an abattoir is the meat processing so the meat Ew. um yeah where they yeah so this is the main industry in the town and 100 years later it closed and then one year after that uh this this small rural community would be also be further devastated when just like the meat works a man's life was abruptly put to an end and then we'll have the intro. 
What we already uh, did the intro. Oh, uh, did we? Okay. Um, this is the first time. I'm just to yeah. Okay. Today's crime is so heinous and macabre that the website Cult Nation wrote this about the crime scene video. Video footage of the crime scene is locked away for good. So horrific are the contents. It's believed anyone who views the tapes would be forever damaged. I've seen so the maybe. video. It's not that bad. Yeah, I was going to say. really not that bad. Video, but yeah, okay. Uh, the police officers who had the misfortune of being first at the scene have complained years later of still being affected by the horrors they saw. Um, one officer endured years of therapy to try to wipe the visions from his head. Whereas you probably don't even remember what you saw. Nope, I don't. All right, but this all this all starts. Uh, the story of Mary, no, Catherine Mary Knight uh, begins in the 1940s um, when the manager of the Aberdeen Abattoir uh, was Jack Rowan. Uh, now he was married to Barbara Rowan and together they had four sons. And uh, Mary, Barbara- are you, please tell me you're joking. This is not gonna be the whole episode. This, um, Why are you talking is, like this? This is called foreshadowing, listeners. I'm going to kill but, myself if you don't fucking hurry up. This is so boring. Barbara. I feel like I'm in a, I'm in a history class. Well, that's true crime is history, so, you know. Yeah, but you flash. like soporific and, and just, God, it's so dry. Anyway, so Barbara leaves this marriage um, and then she ends up with another abattoir worker, Ken Knight, uh, who she went on to have four, four more children with. So she's got eight kids. And one of these kids was Catherine Mary Knight. Which, which was she in the birth order? What number? Uh, who cares? I, I nope. care. People care. Well, between fifth and eight, because Barbara had already had four kids, so... Well, it's not really narrowing it down much, Harry. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, eight kids, by the way, that is. That's that is too many. Too, that's too yeah, many. That's excessive. Yeah. 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 We're not, yeah. We're not having eight. We're not having Not eight. long after. Yeah. We're not, yeah. Not having eight. Yeah. Not long after that, Barbara's first husband, Jack, died. And Barbara was left to raise eight, the eight kids all by herself. Um, as a child. Ken, he's, well, well, you know, he's an abattoir worker, so he's busy, you know, chopping up. Oh, you mean she's by herself during the day? She's not a single mother, though. No. Okay. No, but, you know, yeah. So Catherine, Catherine uh, Knight craved attention as a child and had a temper. Um, and this will come up later in the story. Foreshadowing there. Wow. Uh, one reason that she may have had such a temper was that uh, the the household she grew up in uh, was very dysfunctional. Her parents, Ken and Barbara, were physically violent to each other, as well as the children. Um, and then from there, Catherine Knight uh, in in school uh, was as known was known as a bit of a loner, who was also a bully, who um, stood over small children. Apparently, she assaulted uh, one child with a weapon. She was injured by a teacher who was found, subsequently found to have acted in self-defense. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, you know, good you, luck trying to get away with that you, as a teacher now. 
full year. How old was she? Junior While she was child. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I think in elementary school, primary school at this point, maybe. Wow. I don't know. So she's but, a uh, psycho, obviously. Yeah, yeah. She's she's already as a as a as a kid. She you know she grew up in this dysfunctional household, and then um, she actually leaves school at fifteen without having learned to read or write. So I don't know what. That is the Australian public education system at work, ladies and gentlemen. Harry, am I right? Uh, yeah, well, at this time, at, at least, I have to probably agree with agree with you there. That's pretty. That's pretty pathetic. Um, but you know, some students, you know, you can only lead a horse to water. You know, some students just, yeah. Anyway, uh, so twelve months Wait, after that's that, pretty bad though. That's like pretty some basic shit. Yeah. You learn to write when you're like like five, right, or six? Uh yeah, I don't remember. I think yeah, grade so five she, or grade six, something like that. We start. Yeah, start so she drops out stuff. when she's fifteen. It's like she's had yeah. nine years to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so not um not particularly bright, um, and also um has a bit of an attitude problem at this at this stage. Um, however, don't be sexist, Harry, don't be sexist. Sexist? What's an you know? attitude problem? Come on, that's what they say about like tough, independent women. No, I don't think that. You know, I'm I'm trying to be as you know as equal as possible. Like you know, women can be ang angry bitches as much as men can. You know, that's angry no, ang bitches. You know. It, yeah. Wow. So, so, no, no. Let's. You're they can be. They can. Language, Harry. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I take that back. Anyway. So, um, but things do get better for um, Catherine because twelve months later. Um, Wait, why'd she, she drop out? Sorry. Why'd she drop out? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And either way, um, soon after that, she um, her life did turn around because she started. Um, what she referred to as her dream job, uh, cutting up offal at the abattoir in Aberdeen. Cutting up offal what? Offal. Uh, offal is like the guts of, um, of animals. <gasps> yeah. Her dream job? That was her dream job, yeah. Uh, one a cracker. Yeah, and apparently she was pretty good at it because she was quickly promoted uh, to boning the... Um, the cows which i guess removing the bones and was oh. given her own yeah she was given her own set of butcher's knives um, which she was uh, apparently very proud of and at home the knives um basically for the rest of her, her life she would have these knives uh, hung over her bed <gasps> yeah in every house she lived in she always kept those knives um because she's uh i had this quote from her that they, she wanted them uh, always at hand because um, the, the knives should always be handy if I ever needed them. Mm. What the hell? So, is I mean, that's mean? yeah. I don't know. I guess you know, gun gun enthusiasts can relate to that though. People who like to have guns by their bed, a bit like you know, we don't really guns aren't a big thing in Australia, so this is our kind of equivalent to that. Sorry. So this is a little bit of like a vapid question. She's not like hot, is she? um you look pretty uh i think 
Well, no, but, uh, you know, I think beauty's in the eye of the beholder, um, you, you know, in her, in her early years. I mean, she, yeah, just, yeah. I mean, she, she's a, she's, she's a, as a, as a young woman, she's um, taller than, than most women and she's got um, bright red hair. Um, so, you know. Okay. You're not really answering my question. So I'm just going to Google her real quick. Now you might find photos of her when she's a bit um, older, and you know, Harry, are you sure you're not related to her? She's over to your mom. That is rude. That my mom doesn't. My, my mom doesn't look anything. Anyway, Catherine, like I said, Catherine really enjoyed having her uh, knives that she used to butcher the animals, which is strange that they let her take the knives home. Uh, anyway, and. Uh, at the abattoir as well, uh, I think the working at the abattoir was good for her kind of temper because she got to you know, um, you know, basically take it out on these these animals that she was cutting up every day. But um, but it is said that she had a fascination um, with cutting the arteries of the animals and watching the blood trickle out. Ew. Yeah. And uh, like I said, add to this the fact that she is a she is a tall, kind of powerful woman um, with a bad temper. You know, she's quite quite you know intimidating because you know I think she also liked she liked the fact that some people noticed that. I think um, you know I was kind of reading that some psychologists thought that she liked doing this and she liked people seeing her do this because it gave her a sense of power that like they were scared of her basically they're like oh well she's crazy she's cutting open what's she doing you know she's watching the blood you know she must oh. be crazy and, she, and you know so she like fed off of that like that energy yeah exactly yeah so she was she was doing that not just because she wanted to do it but she wanted people to see her do it and then kind of be i don't know like intimidated by her or something but moving on to adulthood uh catherine um well actually i'm not I don't have, I'm not sure how she met her first husband, but her uh, first husband was a name called Dave Callett. And um, yeah, so they get married, David and Catherine get married, I think when Catherine was pretty young, like 18. Um, she never goes back to school. She drops out and that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, so they get married and then uh, on their wedding night, Catherine's uh, first husband, David, at one point wakes up with Catherine's hands on his throat, choking him. Whoa. Um, and uh, she was uh, she was annoyed, uh, apparently, because they'd only had sex twice on their wedding night, um, which was uh, insufficient, according to her, because... Well, her... I understand. You're 18. I understand that, kind of. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean a bit physically well maybe um, he's trying to turn him on some people like choking i mean i know you don't because you have asthma but a lot of people do right yeah yeah okay you know i want to be open-minded here um but this might change your mind a little bit liz uh the reason the, uh, the reason that she, uh two times wasn't enough for her was that she'd been told by her mother that um that her mother and and father had had sex five times on their wedding night so Ew. she was kind of 
just kind of competing with her mum at this point, which is a weird. Um, anyway, so yeah, so not a good start to the the relationship, um, or the marriage at least. And she'd also tried to stab him with a smashed beer bottle uh, on another occasion. Whoa. Um, and so, not surprisingly, uh, David did leave uh, the marriage. Uh, he walked out on Catherine and escaped to Queensland with his new girlfriend. However, uh, he hadn't done that before. They had actually had a child together. So basically, Catherine is, uh, she's actually under 20 at this point. I think she's about 19. She's just had a kid. And then her first husband, David, walks out on her. And how do you think she handled this? Well, she murders him, right? This is the whole... No, no. This is what she goes to jail for. No, wrong 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 actually he yeah he escaped he escaped yeah he escaped but she was um yeah she was enraged um by by this uh by the fact that he walked out um and this will be a, a thread throughout this story of her getting getting angry at at um at the men that she feels uh wrong her and uh she was spotted so she learns that uh he's he's walked out on her and she's spotted acting erratically in the main street of town, swinging the stroller with her baby in it from side to side, uh, very close to oncoming traffic. What? Oh my God. And yeah. And then the police are called in and uh, Catherine was uh, admitted to a psychiatric hospital at the age of 20. So um, someone's looking after a kid and, um, and she's in the, in the, you know, the psych ward at a hospital. But then she's uh, released soon after this and she's obviously reunited with her, her baby who is 12, 12 weeks old, so three months old at this point. And then um, soon afterwards, she is spotted um, trying to put the baby on a set of railway tracks. Um, now, someone was watching and they rescued the baby before anything happened. Um, they just gave the baby back to her and she's like, still going to kill it. And then she... Uh, and then, so they called the police and the authorities went to collect, when they went to collect Catherine, uh, I thought this was an odd detail. She was swinging an ax around her head in a backyard. That's where, how they found her. Of her so, house? Uh, somewhere, it just says a backyard. Yeah. So she Maybe could have been in, like your mom's backyard, for instance. Uh, my mom is from central Victoria, so I don't think that's that's... Sounds like those are close though on a map. They're really, it's not like the tri-state area. It's, you know, you can't, it's not like, you know, it's not like that place where we, you remember we took that photo where we were, we were standing in four states at once? Yeah, that's not the tri-state area. That's out, that's in Colorado. It's called the Fortners. Oh. oh, okay. Well, look, we I think we just proved that neither of this, uh, that great at, geography anyway speak for yourself so they took her back to the same psychiatric hospital um which she checked herself out of the same day which i think is i mean you think the australian public schooling was bad then i mean the psychiatric yeah, hospital what? so what is happening like she's isn't that like a crime like swinging an axe near a baby that's kind of they can't charge her with anything well, the baby had been rescued, so she left the baby at the tr at the tracks, and then the baby was rescued, and then they found her 
swinging the axe around her head. And then she checked herself in. She's like, no, I'm, I'm okay now. And this is, this actually is one thing that uh, I guess her biographer had said about her was she, I mean, you've seen her picture. She, she does seem like she just could be somebody's mom or, you know, she, she does, she can, um, although she is kind of off totally unhinged, she uh, does kind of have the ability to kind of seem like very, um, what's the word, like safe to be around, I guess. Well, you know, it's she, who's your aunt that got really, really drunk at our wedding? Uh, Debbie. Yeah, she reminds me of her aunt Debbie. Right? It's like, yeah, I see the, yeah, I mean, there's a bit of a resemblance there, but I mean, Debbie wouldn't do any of the heinous crimes that Catherine Knight would go on to do. That's no, but I like, I don't know, I just feel like they have like a similar vibe. Like, Aunt Debbie, she's like kind of friendly. She's like kind of not a looker. So she's a little matronly. So you feel safe, but then, you know, get a few in her and she's a lunatic. It's all right. She, she won't listen to this. So. You, sorry, do you, I'm not trying to be rude. Like, do, don't you agree? I, I don't know. I think it's, yeah. I, I see where you're coming from, to, to be fair, but not it's not very flattering that's like that's like saying oh you know oh elizabeth your mom is just like eileen warnos like wow that's not and that's not i'm just like giving you an how's my example. mom like eileen warnos well it's she's not but i'm just for example like even if it was true you'd be like wow that's offensive my mom's not like that no but I that's what i'm saying here on debbie i'm not trying to be rude but it's like an undeniable like you know, it's like a, it's there. The comparison is there. I'm not doing it to be an asshole. Okay. Where you're just saying that my mom's like Eileen Warnos to be hurtful. So, actually, that that's kind of a compliment because Charlie's the wrong played played her in a movie. So, if anything, I'm giving your mom a compliment. Compliment there. Oh, now you're gonna come after my mom, really, Harry? No, it's just, she's. Um. You know, I would say my mom has aged better than your mom. Let's not get into that. Hurtful. Anyway, uh, it's unrelated to the case of Catherine Mary Knight. If I can just continue, please do. Stop. Yeah. Anyway, so before you now, before you continue, I just wanted to bring um, to your attention that what? we are approximately twenty minutes in, and you have said um. 119 times so uh diction wise it's just something you might want to work on because it's a little disruptive to the flow of the podcast well you can edit that out not no not every other word harry i can't like what do you think some kind of wizard okay i'll, I'll try i'm just i'm trying to help you sorry not helping but thank you <laughs> i guess so she checks herself out and then 24 hours later, she takes a family hostage and slashes a teenage girl's face in the process. Oh, my God. So this is a 20-year-old woman doing this. This is, um, I mean, you, you think you were crazy at 20 years old, Elizabeth? I uh, know. I think I uh, not, as, not, as, not as bad as uh, Catherine Knight. Well, no fucking and, thing, Harry. And so her plan, and I guess this speaks to her overall maybe lack of well maybe not lack of intelligence because i guess her plan ends up working but her plan was to get the family to drive her to her husband david's mother's house 
as her way of like getting back at David. So I remember he he's left and he's gone to Queensland right. uh, with a new, new girlfriend and she wants to kind of take this family hostage as a way of getting her husband back. Wait, sorry, and, family did she take hostage? Uh, just a random family. Oh my God. Yeah. And this time, yeah, this time she was apprehended by the police. Yeah, she was taken to the same psychiatric hospital again. So this plan ends up kind of working, though, because David found out about all this, um, you know, commotion, and he decided to come back to Aberdeen from Queensland. So again, totally different state. He, um, He comes back to New South Wales, to Aberdeen, from where he's in Queensland to try to just smooth things over. And to make sure his mother is safe, and also his baby is safe. So this is another thing. He's yeah, this is know, his baby. This is his baby. So yeah, so, um, so oh. not a lot going going right in this in this um situation. Why don't you just take the baby away from her? That seems like a really basic solution. Yeah, yeah, you would think that. I do think that. That's not what happens. Well, yeah, no, they that that's not really what happens and this is uh, just to reiterate because i think i was kind of cut off during my um thematic introduction that the this is a very rural town where everyone knows each other and you know they would all be aware of, of like uh cat you know that's catherine or you know and i think there is a sense of when you're in a small town like this you kind of you all feel connected and you overlook kind of bad behavior this is my, what i'm what I'm guessing but anyway so David comes yeah but I thought this was interesting so David comes back checks that his mom his mom is safe in a car he drives over to Catherine Catherine's mother's house and he basically wants to appeal to Catherine's mother Barbara to you know try to smooth things over right but Barbara sucks too right yeah well yeah she really sucks because when David is trying to you know just smooth things over and and say like you know let's all calm down barbara starts choking him herself uh so this is his mother-in-law starts to try to basically kill him he stepped out of the car he's talking to barbara and then and then she starts choking him while david's mother is in the car just you know petrified of this of this well i'm i'm imagining she's also this kind of intimidating giant like um like catherine is and then what happens shortly after that is Catherine is in the house. Uh, she was, you know, she's staying with her mum at this point. She's in the house. She comes out and then kind of saves David by punching her own mother and knocking her out. What? So, so this is, yeah, this things are really all over the place here. How, isn't and, her mother like probably, I don't know, like in her 50s? Exactly, yeah. She'd have to be because she had, you know, she had four kids before Catherine. So in spite of all of this, uh, David reconciled with Catherine and they relocated to Queensland where Catherine began working in abattoir there. So, so this, this is almost part of the plan where like Catherine, they end up, she ends up getting, getting her way and getting back with, back with her husband. Anyway, things would not really get any better there as Catherine continued to abuse her husband uh, as well as her own child, apparently, which is pretty, uh, pretty sad. And the most serious incident occurred when David uh, one day came back later than expected from the pub. And one thing I want to mention as well is, like I have mentioned that Catherine's, you know, pretty intimidating. 
Yeah, um, how tall is she? I'm not sure, but I think like six foot maybe. That's pretty but, tall. Yeah, and it is mentioned that David was is quite, he's a shorter man as well, so he would be. She did yeah. that on purpose. Yeah, probably right. I think most of her husbands are pretty um, diminutive as well. Yeah, so anyway, he, he comes back, David comes back later later than expected from the pub. And when he, when he walks back into the house, uh, he was ambushed by Catherine, who hit him in the back of the head, fracturing his skull. He staggered to a neighbor's house to recover. And when he returned to his house, he discovered that all of his clothes had been put into the bathtub and burned. No charges were pressed again. So David didn't, um, yeah, no charges were pressed. And Catherine convinced him that the best thing uh, was to stay together um, and not to press any charges, basically. Um, and that was best for their family, which at this point, they have two kids. They've just had a second child. So, yeah, this, yeah. So they've got two, David and Catherine have two kids. But apparently Catherine was like just, just dynamite in the sack. And that's, Ew. that's one, yeah. That's one thing that is um, is which is is weird that that is reported. Like it must, I, I figure like that's a weird rumor to start about, you know, a serial. I don't know, but and then strangely, I guess Catherine just got bored and she ends up abandoning the relationship and moving back to Aberdeen without any explanation and oh, starting well, that, up a new that relationship. Well, because she won, she doesn't need to stay. Hmm. Yeah. I understand that. I understand. Okay. Yeah. I, I had a sneaky, sneaky suspicion that you would find some common ground with Catherine Mary Knight. Oh, because so I'm her next... psycho Harry. Fucking good one. So funny. Her next boyfriend was a man named David Saunders. So another David. David. Huh? So I might just call him Saunders. Should I call No, anyway. I'll call him Dave. Dave Saunders. He also suffered a similar, um, a similar kind of. So again, this is they don't get married, Dave, Dave Saunders and Catherine, but uh, he he also came late, came home late once, and was hit in the head with an iron, like um, like Dave David Callet, and then in a later incident, uh, Catherine arrived at a, her twin sister's. Oh yeah, she has a twin sister. Did I mention that? Jesus Christ, Harry, an identical twin. Uh, I don't. I guess not not identical because you know her her twin sister Joy wasn't a psychopath, um, so not in that way. But oh, like yeah, I don't. I'm not sure. I don't have much information about her. Doesn't exist. Oh, but, you did a real shit job of uh, researching this. I just want to let you know. I probably did invest a bit too much time in the history of Aberdeen. To be to be fair, in that I didn't get to say that. Did yeah. Um, but I thought this was interesting. So she hits David Saunders in, in the head with an iron. Sorry, she goes over to her sister Joy's house uh, to tell her that she just murdered him. And I think this is like her kind of getting the thrill of telling someone that she's done that, you know, like, and seeing their reaction. Because again, she likes to have this sense that people are, are like, well, are shocked or you know, she likes that sense of power, I guess, or fear. Wait, so sorry, is this a lie? Or did she? Yeah, she, no, not? she lied. Yeah, so she didn't, she just hit him in the head, which I'm sure would have, um, wouldn't have been great, but he definitely didn't die. She knew he, he wasn't dead, but 
she left her place and went over to her sister's place and told him that she killed him just to see what their reaction would be yeah yeah oh, exactly God. yeah um, but basically the truth wasn't much better what had happened is um <clears throat> david do it, do it, do it. okay oh yeah this sorry this is um sorry um let's let me start that again i mean i don't yeah. want to make you feel bad this is basically unlistenable do you realize that that is that's disrespectful to our listeners not disrespectful harry i want i mean disrespectful. no listeners just to do an episode i let you do one i was like you need to you know put a certain amount of time and effort into the research and this is just falling so flat right i'm saying this because i love you i want you to succeed yeah i know i know i know i'm, I'm trying all right i'm gonna power on I'm yeah powering on. just you know like you're so fucking monotone i don't know how you're a teacher do kids fall asleep what? in your class like often the, the yeah but that's that's not, not my fault that's you know you can only lead a horse to water you have to stop saying that <clears throat> At least my kids can read, though. Uh, you know. Well, that's yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. So going back to uh, Catherine Knight, uh, yeah. So her next, her next boyfriend, uh, she's hit in the head with an iron. She's pretended she's um, murdered him or lied about murdering him. Yeah. And then they've stayed together, and then um, soon after that, David uh, Saunders does try to break up with her. Um, which uh, this is this is um, just a bit of a trigger warning here she then flies into a rage and um kills his puppy by <gasps> slitting its throat and as a that's upsetting you know, that is upsetting you know i know yeah i know you're not really big into animals but even even you must not like that right well no fucking kidding harry oh my god that is so disturbing a puppy too why would you why would you do that what, kind, what breed was it uh, i think it was a dingo like a native australian dog oh my god weird yeah yeah that um so sad but this yeah okay ready for this though despite that uh dave saunders and Catherine knight welcomed their first child to the world <gasps> no shit wait dave saunders uh, that's the first boyfriend no dave callet was the first one this is oh. dave saunders is um dead puppy okay yeah so he did, did try to escape Saunders, got it right yeah if that helps you remember yep yeah. so he he did try to escape the relationship um and then many times and eventually he does and he moves to newcastle which is not too far from aberdeen and then catherine knight to kind of punish him tells so they've had they've had another they've had a daughter they have a daughter together plus she has two kids from the first marriage Jesus and Christ. she yeah she tells her daughter that uh he's dead yeah Dave, so that's her what father's dead yeah so how old is this kid though uh well you know probably i'm not sure but but you know maybe three or four so she had a third major re relationship uh that didn't really last long and then finally we're getting to well who is that with uh, it was with someone called John Chillingworth. John Chillingworth. Uh, Chillingworth. Chill, like chill, like, like chill out. Chill out. I uh, will. Well, well, yeah. Um, anyway, so she has three kids, and then, um, and she's on to her fourth relationship, this time with John Price. 
So at this point, she's 38 years old. So her kids are probably, you know, kids are getting older at this point as well. They're, they'd be teenagers. So, and she all time still slaughters animals for money. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And so they're both 38 when they meet. Um, and John Price uh, also has three kids of his own, like Catherine. And he was also a bit of a, you know, he's from this area, a bit of a country type, you know, he, I think he worked in the mines somewhere there, but um, a bit unlike, unlike um, the other the other people before her, uh, John Price stood up to her a bit more. Like he, you know, she's getting on and she wanted, wants, wants to get married, but he, he basically said like, oh no, I'm just in it for the sex. Wow. Is, I guess he took that yeah. One. Yeah. He's a bit of a, bit of a straight, a straight talking guy. And he seems to be a bit of a, you know, from pictures I've seen, he's just to uh, describe him. He's also maybe a bit shorter, I guess, um, a shorter kind of dude with, it looks, yeah, it looks like a bit kind of sunburned and a bit of a rough character, but anyway. Oh, they, well, um, you know, don't be judgmental. Really. No, I'm trying, I'm really trying to, oh, he's like rugged. He's, I'm trying to paint a positive That's picture. Really, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, so after, after they're together for 18 months, uh, Catherine keeps putting pressure on um, Price to get married. And Why? Because she's getting older? Or whatever. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, they get you know, and she's she's only been married at one once at this point to um the, her first you know her first husband, and yeah, I guess she wants that security, which is you know this is fair. I, I say that you know. I don't. Oh, I don't. But okay, it's like you already tried it, and you're obviously not. You're yeah. not cut out for it, but okay. So, but he, yeah, he he's he just refuses to get married. Um, and her way of dealing with this is she starts to. She starts to kind of manipulate his kids who are who are teenagers, like her kids, to kind of feel estranged from him, you know, feel so like she starts to spread kind of weird rumors that her father actually isn't her father and that their mother had like been sleeping around and like banged other dudes and you know, who knows who their actual father is. So she's trying to get like, yeah, she's trying to make make his kids like not really like him, I guess, which is a bit it didn't work, but it was, I thought that was a bit of a really manipulative um, psychopath kind of detail. Uh, yeah, one could say. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so they, they're together for a few years, kind of together. I don't think John Pry, I think he just kind of, he, he, yeah, he, I've said it already. He was just in it for the sex. They lived together and stuff? No, I think they, they had their, they both had their own place, I believe. Oh, okay. Well, that makes it yeah. easier. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like every couple should just live apart, you know, like just have two houses. Yeah, or at least have like a separate, you know, separate areas in, in the one house like like us, right? That works out well. I mean, I wish we had even more space, but yeah. Right. Yeah. And then uh, things kind of ramp up after a couple of years when she finds, Catherine Knight finds John Price's will and realizes she's not in it, uh, which kind of makes sense given they're not you know they're not married or they're they're in this kind of open relationship what he thinks is an open relationship and i think uh yeah he basically put his ex-wife john price had put his ex-wife and his kids in his will yeah which is you know that's that's pretty kind because like even though they've they've broken up like he he wants to make sure she's set because then she can help his kids so i thought that was you know but catherine um didn't see it that way 
And I guess she's learned to read at this point, though. So that's if she can read the will. That is one good thing. And so she finds his will and she's so enraged that she demands that John Price give her $10,000 on the spot. Um, which well, that kind he, of sitting around. Well, who has that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and who, and even if you did, why would you, as if you're going to do that? Like, just, it's like weird extortion. So the next thing she does is, you know, he refuses. So obviously he refuses uh, to give her the money. And when he's away, she gets a video camera and starts to record. Uh, she's at his place, gets her a video camera, starts to record some first aid kits that he'd stolen from his work at the mines. And then she sends the, the video footage to his work to try to get him fired. Oh my God. And uh, which is. They really care is, about that though. Like yeah. you steal things from the school all the time. You know. I don't edit that out. It's, I, mean, I don't steal first aid kits. Like I'm not. You know, no, but you like toilet paper, right? Like that's, you know, why, why spend the money on toilet paper when you can get it from free? Exactly. From the school. Yeah, you know, and like Clorox wipes, like just you know, like staff room things. They don't fire yeah, that's, that bullshit. I mean, I feel it's a bit different. Like if you're stealing a first aid kit, then someone, you know, you, like oh, we need this. We need to do a, a life-saving operation. Where's the first aid? Kit? Oh, someone stole it. Well, maybe Oops. he needed it because she's like beating the shit out of him all the time, right? Maybe, yeah. Well, so yeah, maybe who needs it more? Yeah. Then. Well, well, yeah, maybe, but I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm with you though. It's, I don't think it's, it's certainly not a fireable offense. No. Um, but he did get fired. So she basically caused him to lose his job. Oh no. Yeah. And so now he, he's, uh, he's 43 at this point and he's, and he's unemployed. And despite all this, he kind of recommits to this relationship with Catherine what like, is yes. she, oh, she's the reason he got fired yes what this yeah at this point uh catherine's kind of got she's gotten worse if that was possible her, her kids her kids are all at school uh, and now she's basically i think she uh, i couldn't find the exact i think at this point she's also not working because the abattoir had just closed down because i think this is a, around uh 1999 they're both unemployed. Um, they're both unemployed. I, I believe he's certainly unemployed, and he will get a, another job soon. He's just temporarily unemployed. You know, a bit like yourself. And uh, watch it. And then, she, uh, meanwhile, she is apparently just stays at home watching horror movies all day. What's um, wrong with that? Uh, no, but her place is also she's decorated her place in a pretty kind of bizarre way as as i mentioned earlier she she sleeps with uh, knives hanging above her bed and she also yeah she also her her whole um house has has a bunch of weird uh decor like farming equipment and skulls and stuffed animals like hanging from the ceiling oh my god this is disturbing me harry yeah it's it's not and and also the place itself like the interior is quite old-fashioned as well so it kind of has this really out of date even for 1999 like the 60s vibe with all this weird yeah you know, I'm, picturing the house, I'm picturing the house from the original texas chainsaw massacre so there's like yeah, all the feathers and all the skulls and stuff yeah i haven't seen that i was thinking uh, like the wolf creek have you seen wolf creek no 
Uh, okay. We should watch. We should do a movie marathon someday. That might be nice. Yeah, maybe. All right. So it's 1999, and Catherine is 44 and clinging to this relationship with John. And John is just kind of unhappily staying in it. And they're 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 really finding a lot at this point. Uh, to the extent that, yeah, to the yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, like you know, John Price is a bit of a rough character, so I'm sure he it wasn't just her be- beating him up as well. Um, but at one point, um, she did stab him, and and you know, she would say later that, oh, is this an accident? I just grabbed the nearest thing to try to get him, like basically claim self defense, which I mean, it does, you know, given her her history, it's hard to hard to believe that, but. Anyway. Right, and it's like the closest thing just happens to be one of my butcher's knives because they're mounted to right. the wall, like how convenient. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, and by the way, obviously she's like a master with knives, right? She's used uses knives nonstop. Um, so it's yeah, she would know how how to do damage with, with a knife, basically. I mean, not that it's hard, it's yeah, anyway. So, um, you know, John, John is, is getting pretty fearful at this point because she, he's just been stabbed um, by Catherine. So he decides to go and get a restraining order on her. And he goes to the courthouse to order one. And they tell him that it would take three weeks, which is, that's pretty, I mean, this town of Aberdeen is really letting its the whole institutions really don't work that well at this point, you know. Yeah, it sounds like a real piece of shit town. They should just leave. They, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, so at this point, Catherine is fully aware that John wants out of the relationship. While John has, for basically a few days now, um, been going around town to, you know, the, the courthouse, the police station, his neighbors, and, you know, anyone who'll listen to him, he's basically saying that he thinks Catherine is going to try to murder him. You know, yeah, she's just stabbed like him, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so that is out. That's known. And then on the same day that he's gone, he goes to the courthouse. Catherine makes a video where she's in her house and she's she's itemizing all these different things in her in her house. That she's recording different things. She's like, it's like, oh, this is my, you know, I don't know, this is my TV or whatever, and I want this to go to my daughter. Like she's basically making this will of, of, okay. for her, which is. Um, yeah, obviously that wouldn't come out till later, which is uh, a bit odd. Okay. Yeah, and then in any case, then late, later that night, she goes over to um, John's house, and then despite everything that's happened, he's he's been stabbed recently. He's she knows he wants out of the relationship, but she turns up wearing like a black nighty, like a sexy kind of you know, negligee or something. And they end up getting it on. Ew. Yeah. Now, the next day, uh, John Price does not turn up for work. And just to reiterate, the day before, he had tried to get a restraining order and he had told multiple co-workers that if he didn't come to work the next day, it would be because Knight had murdered him. Right, but he still had sex with her? Like, what is that about? Like, wrong yeah, with like Jesus. Uh, yeah, I mean, it does make you wonder, like, how good was the sex, right? I, you're creeping me out with how much. Do you find her attractive? No, I just no, no. But it's it's how much I, it came up in the research. Um, it you can't help but think about it. Like, what is? I'm not what's going on there. 
Yeah, but you're not, you know, you're into men. You, sorry, you know, you're if you're nice. No, 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 but yeah, I don't know. You no, don't know? Sorry, I uh, know I don't, I do know, no. Very. Yeah. So, so a co-worker immediately is uh, is worried because apparently he was, you know, despite his flaws, John Price is fairly punctual as well. And I say despite his flaws because basically if, from what I can gather, everyone in this town is just drunk nonstop as well. There's something I haven't mentioned, but they're well, all like... Australia. Right. Oh, true. Yeah. Okay. So the co-worker goes, um, you know, is worried, goes over to his house and notices that uh, there's a blood smear on the door, uh, on the door frame. So the police are called in immediately and they go into his house and they break into his house and they find Catherine passed out with a bunch of sleeping pills around her. Yikes. And however, she is okay in the end. She's not, she is, yeah, she doesn't. So it looks like she's tried to take her own life, I guess, but she, that um, she's totally, she, yeah, she recovers. And uh, apparently when she's leaving the house, like the police are escorting her from the house, she um, passes by, did notice that she looked actually quite lucid. And she said to like, when she's leaving at this point, there's a whole crime scene and there's people outside, uh, including John's son. And apparently she smiled at John's son, which is. Oh, um, that's disturbing. Yeah. So what happened um, after they had had sex uh, for what would be the final time? Stop. Uh, Please stop talking about that. It's disturbing. Oh, oh, what? Well, I've, you know, I've mentioned like other things that are pretty disturbing and you, that that hasn't bothered you, like stabbing and hitting no, because that's true crime, but I feel like you're so fixated on the sex. You're like, oh, she was really good in bed. And it's just like, all right, Harry, basically picture your Aunt Debbie being just fucking dynamite in the sack. Because that's what I'm picturing. But listeners don't know Auntie Debbie. So, like, they're not going to be as repulsed by that image as we would be, right? Like, I'm thinking about the listeners, Elizabeth. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to make, I'm trying to, like, spice this up a bit. I know. I think you're, like, turned on in a weird way not okay no anyway. all right i'm gonna i'm gonna continue if you stop interrupting it's not like i, I feel like I, I feel like i don't interrupt you as much as you're you interrupting me this constantly literally constantly i'm interacting i'm reacting i'm asking relevant questions fine i'll fuck off then no don't be like that no no fuck you so that that that's a Catherine Knight kind of attitude, and that's you're you're better than that. Oh wow! Don't All right, I can see this is going to become an, an insult in your abattoir for the next fucking six months. Yeah. All right. Guilty. I interrupt sometimes, but you know, I, I'm doing it as the voice of the listener, just trying to you know, ascertain a bit more. What? Well, I think that's up for. That's up for de debate at the very All least. Right. This is episode 13. We've been doing this podcast for months. I don't know how many other ways I can tell you that you're not. Yeah, you're not it. No one thinks like you think, and that's not a compliment. Right. But uh, let's see what the audience thinks. So maybe that can be a Patreon poll. Um, no more you know, Patreon. Like, I'm not saying I, re I respect your opinion. No. That yeah, I do. 
I do respect you your respect opinion. my opinion. I do respect your opinion. I, I respectfully disagree. Um, okay. And I, that's more I think right. that that's what I thought you were going to say. Yeah. Well, no, I think you you know you've given me some good tips. Uh, you know, this is my this is my first foray into the whole hosting, and I'm first I'm starting to really for sure. Yeah, first of what did you say? First of many, like yeah, and I think that's that's fair. First I think like last. Yeah, last episode of the series, right? So uh, hopefully we can get get back together with season two, and we can have even more <sighs> more of me hosting. Almost over. Um, so. Okay, so continuing on. So after they had had sex for the final time, John Price fell asleep and awoke to being stabbed. Um, now, this obviously would be um, terrifying in any situation, but um, I mean, he had been fearing for this, fearing this uh, very event for, for weeks um, and maybe even years at this point. And now it was actually happening. So it would have been... Um, you know, extremely terrifying. And he tried to escape uh, running down the hall, uh, leaving bloody handprints on the walls. Jesus. He did make it to the uh, front door of the house. And, uh, but at that point um, he was brought back inside and uh, he's dragged back inside and he died um, shortly after that. In total, Catherine Knight had stabbed John Price 37 times. Um, Sorry? afterwards 37 yes. 37 oh my god yeah um which yeah i mean obviously that's excessive but particularly given she given her occupation as a avatar worker like she's probably you know she probably got the job done you know on number five but just kept going anyway you know Wait, so yeah is she butchering him or like random stabbing him um well uh, I, i'm not sure does it matter i mean kind of yeah well i think i mean either way it's yeah and this is again this is this is like when she started choking um her first husband in his sleep um you know it's like but this time yeah just horrible right so, uh, so John Price uh, dies, and then in the middle of the night, she she drives, she gets in a car and drives out to an ATM, and withdraws a thousand dollars from his bank account using his bank card. But then she gets back. So this is at his house, by the way, um, not All her right. place. Where are the kids? Uh, I think they're well. They're, I think they're at her place. Uh, then again, they're teenagers, uh, I believe, at this point. Um, okay. Or they might—they may have been at Barbara, her, her mother's place. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure she was much of a parent, parental influence anyway. So, right. Probably they probably didn't notice or were probably happy that she wasn't home. But so yeah, so she comes back to the, uh, his house, but she wasn't uh, done with him. She ended up skinning John Price's body, <gasps> decapitating him and then further mutilating him. Ew. Um, yeah. And um, his body was put on a meat hook. So, I mean, maybe she, I don't know, we know where the meat hook comes from. And this, this is a real grisly detail. His skin was hanging off a, a hook as well in the doorway. 
and it's said to have looked like a wetsuit. People weren't sure what it was when they first saw it, which is... Uh, well, Harry, I'm going to throw up. Yeah. Yeah, that's not... Yeah, that's not good. But again, yeah. Oh. Uh, well, things... Yeah, maybe you should not listen to this next part then. Uh, Catherine Knight ended up cooking parts of John Price's body. <gasps> what? Including, including his head. Um, parts of his body were served up alongside vegetables on two plates with notes addressed to two of his children in one of the notes uh, i mean she can't really write so it's hard to understand it but i think she accuses uh, john price wait this was not the case i was thinking of the lady i th i thought she killed her husband for the insurance money oh well maybe this is about kind of a will kind of got it started what the fuck are these details so, she fed her husband to her his kids well she tried to i mean it didn't oh yeah. my god but she also yeah she also added like a baseless kind of um accusation on the note to price's son which again just a reminder that she had she said to have smiled at him when she was dragged out of the property you know exactly. you know so she's sleeping in this in this house mind you after this has all happened but she's up all night disturbing. making up a making night. her wetsuit her blood suit Mm. oh and then yeah and also she she's kind of posed the headless body in a cross-legged way like she in you know and some you know some people think that this is kind of a as just an extra way just to kind of demean him like to put him in this strange position with like a bottle of um soda or something in his lap i don't, I don't know she did some weird thing with his body yeah and then to top it off, in the police recording of the crime scene, um, which, well, you know, you said you've seen, but I guess you haven't if you don't. I don't think details. I have. No. Uh. And, um, I think one of the reasons why it's been um, put away is uh, in the recording of the crime scene, the video shows a police officer uh, going into the kitchen where there's um, the stove is uh, either still on or, or still warm. Uh, the, and there's a pot on the stove top. And he lifts the lid to find John Price's disembodied head staring back at him. So that's um, that's that. What do you mean that's he, that? Well, that's you know that's at the, the end. They're the, no, they're the grisly details. Yeah. No, there's a little bit more. There's a, yeah. Um, so for six days after that, Catherine was in hospital and claimed to not know about anything about it. Uh, yet the psychiatrists evaluating her uh, would find that she had no mental disorders of any kind, uh, which kind of, I don't know if that makes sense. You, how can you do that and not have any mental, I don't know. They just, she's totally competent to stand trial. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess that's what, yeah. Like she's, yeah. There's no way. Mm. There's no way. Yeah, right. Harry, even if I was so mad at you that I could stab you 37 times and that part it's right. like I have been there I mean just to to what? skin someone's body and like she would she made chili out of his intestines like what the fuck that's crazy yeah and I mean yeah yeah I mean, you, 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 you couldn't do it you couldn't yeah you could never do any of this but you couldn't do that psychologically I do that even if I mentally 
no yeah just i mean you're just you're not dexterous enough to even do that but like okay well now you're you were never and rude but well i mean just you know like cooking's not your strong suit let's say that you know yeah so. well sorry harry do you want me to make you some flesh chili is that what you would like me to cook for dinner <laughs> how about that uh, yeah and then the adding the vegetables i thought that was a really um bizarre touch wasn't it having that you know. i mean the whole thing is a bizarre touch well yeah that is yeah that's probably the least the, the best part of the best the least bad part of anyway so um what what really made it clear to her to everyone though that her actions uh, were deliberate was that was that part where she had gone to his bank account after she murdered him and took a thousand dollars out and then went back and like that's you know like it's not something you would think to do if you were totally out of your mind it's probably you know? something i would do like on my way out of town like that would probably be my like last um last hurrah yeah like that's i don't know like if i was trying to make like my getaway you know what i mean that's like i i would skin the body make the chili set the table oh and... so you would do you would do that now well no i'm just saying if i'm catherine knight okay don't put words in my mouth right well i mean i think like stealing the money is is, is nothing compared to everything else but right, i'm just saying it's weird to like go out to an atm and then go back to his house like i would go to the atm and then go to my house oh uh, so just the order is wrong yeah to me okay right listeners she doesn't she doesn't mean that she wouldn't do anything like this i'm just conscious that how you might be coming across to to the listeners at this point they know me at this point they understand they understand me better than you do well actually you might i feel the same way about the listeners sometimes i feel like they get me yeah more than you sometimes of course but more than they don't have Harry. well you just said the same thing i know but i'm a scorpio you're you know you're what are you a sagittarius leo right How like you not know that i knew that well you don't care about astrology hmm. yeah I definitely don't now fine you you sound upset uh you know i just I try. I try to do this hosting thing, and you're shitting on me like nonstop. Not on you. You're and doing then a I'm. Job. Thank you. You're welcome. And then I, you know, when I do show an interest in things like astrology, you're like, "Oh, you don't even care about it." Ugh. When have you ever shown an interest in astrology? Just one minute ago, I did. Okay. Well, now and then I being... instantly regretted it. Well, this is why I don't include you in my tarot readings because you make fun of it and it's not funny i do think you're doing a great job thank you and i and i i couldn't have done it without you and i really do appreciate your support thank you so much you you thank set you. the foundation for our podcast and yeah i work with listeners yeah yeah she does listeners she's you know one she, could you know, she's thought, got a, really hmm. so I do it all for the podcast. She, it's true. And there's so much behind the scenes stuff you don't, that the listeners wouldn't see. And I know you don't like to go into this, but I don't. like there are, there no. are hours upon no. hours of, okay. 
hours upon hours of being in Starbucks watching videos from Nancy Harry? Grace on her phone. Harry. She's not just a homemaker. She's not just an Etsy creator. She's not just a podcaster. She's a really great researcher and a wonderful wife. Well, that was nice. Thank you. Welcome. Okay, so Catherine Knight, about um, so the thousand dollars was the first uh, first you know big thing that kind of uh, made it impossible for her to you know kind of get out of this. But then she'd also told her brother about the whole plan three weeks earlier that she was going to plead um, this temporary insanity. Wow. So yeah, so that was a bit of a bit of a mistake because um, he would, yeah, he would then go on to testify against her. So, I mean, you know, good for him, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is good that he did the right thing. Finally, someone in his story doing something, doing something good. Yeah, doing something, right? And yeah, just a few reactions to um, when this had happened is the sister of Catherine's um, first husband, or ex-husband, I should say, first, she only had one. Ex-husband, Dave, first Dave, yeah. Dave's sister had heard that a woman in Aberdeen had murdered her husband and she instantly said, well, that's Kathy. Like, wow. you know, like this is how notorious she was in the town as being like violent and and capable of something like this that, you know, people kind of, they figured that it was her. And not only that, but David himself, um, you know, first Dave, when he found, I thought this was interesting, when he found out about uh, the murder, he was obviously in disbelief um, but for a different reason than you might expect, he, he had said, I can't believe that it wasn't me. So I just, I, I thought that was interesting because it shows the constant fear that he'd been living with for all these years that, you know, even after their, their relationship had ended, he'd thought that she was going to come after him and like, and get him. Like, it wasn't... Why didn't he like, she should have been in jail or like a mental institution. He's... He's in fear, but he's just letting her roam free. It's like, I don't buy it. Also, way to make it about you, Dave, Kathy. Right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, I just, I kind of read that as, as like, this is the, you know, how terrifying she was that he, you know, but yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, he could spare a bit of a thought for the. the yeah. You know, know what I mean? Like maybe like in an interview and they make like the Lifetime movie or like, you know the the discovery id um documentary but not not the day after he's murdered like don't well i don't think it was the day after i i think this is a bit later oh still it's too soon Mm. Mm, um anyway so in the end catherine did plead guilty and became the first australian woman to be jailed for the term of her natural life never to be released the first one really first one yeah i think the the only one as far as i know because um, there's gotta be more though in australia well yeah what well it's a bit you know it's not it's not like the, the states is any less violent in june 2006 catherine knight appealed the life sentence claiming that a penalty of life in prison without possibility of parole was too severe the judges dismissed the appeal in the new south wales court of criminal appeal uh, in september 2006 with a justice mcclellan 
writing in his judgment, this was an appalling crime almost beyond contemplation in a civilized society. I agree Which, with that. Yeah, I think that is something we can all agree uh, with. And uh, that is the end of um, Catherine Knight. What did, what did you think about that, Liz? Wow, that's, that was not the story I was picturing. Um, wow. That was really disturbing. I feel like I could have used a few more details on her early life. Like I just did a quick Google search and apparently her, you didn't really get into her father, Ken Knight. Apparently he was an alcoholic and he would rape his wife, Barbara, up to 10 times in a day. Barbara, therefore, would told her daughters all about their sex life and how much she hated sex and men. Mm. So... Catherine, well, I, I mean, she was frequently sexually assaulted by members of her family, but not by her father. Why? Just like a, f a few more details like that, I could have done. But you did great. That was, I mean, it was great. Yeah. Well, I mean, I did. Yeah. No, I think that's a good detail. I mean, I did mention that I think everyone in that I mentioned this story is drunk or drink, you know, at basically all times. Like that is one recurring theme that people were just like getting hammered like Catherine Catherine Knight included included the, the only other detail that I that I missed out that I thought was um disturbing was that one thing that Catherine liked to do apparently was uh when she was driving she liked to swerve to try to hit dogs on the road oh my god yeah that's you know cats I can understand but dogs I mean that's we have a feral cat problem in Australia very, by the way very I can, funny I can see your face I can see your face don't yeah don't make that face like this is just how my face looks. I fucking hate when you tell me to control my face. It's very rude. You're getting those crease lines in between your eyebrows. Just oh relax. well. If only we could oh. afford a few facial treatments. If only we could afford Botox, then my face wouldn't be so ugly and aged and haggard. Sorry, you what? Me. I didn't say no. Yep. What are you talking about? You're beautiful. You're nothing. Nothing like oh, Auntie Debbie. You know. Also. Catherine, might, Catherine Knight served up her her boyfriend's body with baked potato, pumpkin, beetroot, zucchini, cabbage, yellow squash, and gravy. Well, I do, I mean, do we need all the details of the vegetables? That would be nice to know. I don't know. You think? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's, it is interesting, though. Like, why? Like, she put a bit of time into this. Like, clearly she... I think, and I think this is her idea of insanity, was that if she, if she like pretend she's cooking a meal that's gonna make it look like she's totally lost lost the plot but actually people just kind of saw through that's like no this is you you're just kind of evil you know yeah so all right that's it listeners as always stay tuned for the next one subscribe to our patreon yeah, listeners, this actually brings us to the end of Deadly Ever After season one. So thank you so much um, for sticking with us throughout um, the first season. You know, we had some growing pains and we figured some stuff out, but already hard at work on season two. Um, that will be back next summer. So keep an eye out for that. And yeah, thank you so much. Um, if you liked Harry's uh, hosting of the... Um, podcast we'll put a poll up on patreon and if you want he'll host more episodes and do more research and that actually would be a little bit less of a burden on me which would be great so uh yeah as always please uh rate and review our podcast tell us how much you love us or i mean whatever yeah suggest suggest any um episodes um harry anything you want to add 
Oh, no, yeah, I think just keep in touch with the polls and, you know, thank you for joining us on this journey. Um, it's been a blast. <laughs>